0: What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's
1: happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Are you really in the bath? Yes. Yes. How long do you think you can actually sit in that bath?
0: <laughs> I love that this is unbelievable to you. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll take a break. Can you can you imagine that I'm gonna be like, you know what? I thought for an hour I would sit in this in this hot water with um magnesium flakes. I used
1: to I used to do stuff like that when I was little. What do you mean? Do stuff like what? Well, <laughs> like stay in the bath
0: for way too long. Yes, you can't do that as you get older because skin.
1: It'll just fall right off. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Just excuse like me. Oh, paper excuse me. What are you doing?
1: Oh, I just poured myself some coffee that I just made. I love
0: this ASMR for everyone. Clanking about.
1: There's some um, coffee
0: happening. There is a hot bath. I'm going to squirt some honey in it. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, was that the honey
2: or was no.
1: that your mouth? That was, me, that was me being a Foley artist.
0: <laughs> that was such good Foley art. You should work for um, uh, Marvel.
1: I should work for um, Magic Light and Sound or whatever they're called. Um, I know I should be the person, you know, breaking celery sticks on the queue when someone's bones break.
0: Yes, yes. Clickety
1: click, clickety click. That's the sound of coffee stirring because it's actually the sound of coffee stirring.
0: I've run the bath so high that there's going to be some, you know, over sounds. That's the, you know, the, the safety drain oh because i like to take i like to take a bath that's a real like ophelia you know by malay laying you like in to the be,
1: you like to just have the, your nostrils out
0: <laughs> totally it's basically just my head popping out right now because of the headphones and uh and i suppose it's gonna well whatever it'll, it'll sound like i'm in a cave but i'm not i'm in a drowning tub what do magnesium flakes do? um it's like the same as Epsom salts, but um or I don't know if it's magnesium flakes. these are called dead sea salts, but then at the on the back it's like you know it says magnesium, which I think is you know what's in salt or whatever who knows i and I, I and can't maybe bananas too <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a bath and dried banana chips. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's just a potpourri um, of dried banana chips and salt and mustard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm, delicious.
1: You know, Harriet doesn't care for bananas. You know what? I get that. I love them, but I understand. Because they do have, you know, they are a slime food. Well. They do it, turn to
0: slime in your mouth. It's also just like a kind of, it's just a kind of taste that not everyone likes. Like, and it depends if, like, how you grew up with it. Like, my dad loved Cheerios with bananas. So, like, just the smell of Cheerios makes me, like, gag. Like, I just...
2: Oh, really? I like uh,
0: Such a sense memory. I, like, feel like I'm going to vomit. And then it took me a long time to get back into bananas. And I have to kind of remember that when Jamie Devine came to visit me last time, I was like, well, what kind of food do you want at the house? And he just said peanut butter and bananas, and I was like, anything else? And he was like, no, just I really need that. And then he would eat like four bananas a day. Wow. Yeah.
1: He's such a little monkey. I think it's good
0: for. <laughs> I think it's good for. I um, don't uh, post workout or something. Michelle Mola always told me to have like a pear after I worked out. But generally, I just have a cup of black coffee in the morning and then um, sometime later in the afternoon, I guess I'll eat something, um, depending on if Jeremy's hungry. Oh, a luxurious bath, It's just scraping my hamstrings and my adductors as hard as I can with a washcloth.
1: Well, I can't remember the last time I had a bath.
0: You have a nice bathtub.
1: It's okay. It's not, I mean, the problem is like, I don't have very pleasant lighting in my bathroom. I, I, there are bathtubs that just like call to me that are like, you must. Does the bathtub
0: here call to you?
1: Um, in, in, in in the upstairs bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. Not particularly, but it is pleasant. It has the kind of like, it's sort of like a sauna.
0: Yes, it does have like kind of sauna bricks, what have you, um, glass, glass tiles. Um, I mean, the, there isn't a bathtub downstairs. There's a shower, which right. is not right. in use. Cause like when we first got here, I went, I was like cleaning the house and I opened that shower door and it came right off and cracked oh me boy. right in the middle of the forehead. Oh
1: no. Oh dear. It
0: was pretty, and it was right in the beginning of the pandemic. So, you know, that was the rest of my day.
1: I'm, I'm also
0: of a size, do you know what I mean? Where bathtubs aren't... <laughs> this bathtub is totally adequate for your size. This is a oh. huge bathtub. Like, it is, you know, I, I feel like the bathtub in my apartment is more difficult. But even with that bathtub, I take off this... No, I, you can't take it off, but I duct tape over the safety drain. Mm. So that I can get, you know, really just my nostrils out.
1: There's a scene in that um that movie with Diane Lane and Richard Gere
0: um, where she's cheating on him? Yes, what is it called? It's called Cheaters. It's,
1: it's called like Disobedience
0: uh, or something like that. Do you remember the TV show called Cheaters? No. Oh my God, I do stick a pin in this Diane Lane moment because I do want to come back to it. Mm-hmm. Cheaters was a TV show where someone would be like, I think so-and-so is cheating. My partner or my husband's cheating on me or my wife's cheating on me. I think it was all, I think they were always married, but maybe I was wrong. And this guy would be like, well, we're going to find out. And then they'd use a private investigation team and then... I think to give the person photos maybe first. I'm making this up. I don't remember the stuff that would boil up to the the final where they would confront the cheater oh, with oh, the boy. person with a full camera crew. Uh, and be like, we got you. And the person would be like, oh my God, you know, and like da-da-da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High yeah, drama. Yeah. It was really like the cops of drama of relationships.
1: Yeah, but it's also kind of like... No big deal compared to how, you know, like, 2020 would, like, go and do that to, like, child sex abusers or whatever, you know?
0: Totally, or Oprah. I mean, Oprah did that whole thing where Oprah, like, you know, got many child, uh, you know, the uh, pedophiles. Like, she really... <laughs> What are they called? What are they? Well, like? because you called them child sex people or something, and it's like vitifiles. I know it was, was incorrect. Um, well, I mean that's the definition, and um, I mean
1: I think I was trying to get to child sex. Gosh,
0: stop saying trader, those two words together. I'm sorry. Like I'm it's sorry. just that's why we have a word for it. No one wants to hear those two words together. Um that's true. So it's uh yeah. Oprah got like I don't even remember how many cases she helped. Finance, like
1: Oprah, really like wasn't a show that I watched, but she, I think she went through many transformations in terms of the structure for show.
0: Right? It became. Jeremy watched. Well, Jeremy just watched the Oprah interview with Barack Obama, which was done incredibly. They so they both had green screens wherever they were. Wow. Um, (laughs) Obama was sent the chair that Oprah was also going to sit in, so they'd have matching chairs. And then it was all green screened together to look like they were in the same room.
1: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But also like, can we just like have a sense of what of reality? Like
0: I don't need to Well and them they did. Do... They showed it they showed it being composited in like this start, Jeremy said. Like they showed like all of the seams of this working of it, the composite <laughs> happening.
1: Jeremy is literally texting in real time about
0: <laughs> Oprah. About what happened. Oh, he's texting you because I have his phone off and I'm not looking at my phone. Um, I guess so he can then, hear you.
1: How does he hear you while you're in the bath?
0: This ha- you can hear literally everything in this house. You know what I mean?
1: Just Obama like, was on green screen and Oprah was at home, he believes. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Well, well, I'm so anyhow. glad we have a real
1: time not... fact checker now. I think that's
0: good. Um, that's good. And they're research journalism. <laughs> and there's. I hope that when Jeremy texted me, oh wait, isn't that funny? I was like, well, I hope if Jeremy's texting me, it doesn't stop my my recording. And I was like, well, I'm not recording on my phone. I'm recording on her phone. I think he's and just if you texting and I stop me. Talking, he's
1: texting only. It'll.
0: He's just texting it. Well, I'm not looking at anything except my toes and my black fingernails. Um... <laughs> And, uh, uh, what? Oh, but Jeremy said at some point, too, there's this part where, like, Oprah's fire died down, and so she had, like, a crew member come in and, like, fix it during the interview, and I think it, like, helps show the scene. I don't know. I like all that. I think it's kind of... I do, too. Like, let's show that instead of people being like, "We, I'm flying home for
1: Thanksgiving. I know. I think I talked about Uh it on this podcast once, but... Uh There was a Harriet and I often, if we're at New York State Theater, or wherever, early, we'll just sit in a chair and like watch whatever's going on on stage, you know? Like, because uh-huh. what else is there to do? And they also Oh, some, I love this story.
0: Tell it again. Yeah,
1: sometimes we'll stand in the wings, but in this particular uh-huh. occasion, we were sitting in the seats of State Theater waiting uh-huh. for a tech rehearsal of something, a Justin Peck uh-huh. dance or a Pam T- I don't know. Uh-huh. And Sarah Mearns and Adrian Danchegwering were doing a stage run through of the Adagio movement of NG Major Jerome Robbins, one of uh-huh. the most exquisite minimalist pottedas. Incredible. Uh-huh. And um, it, the Ravel was being played on an upright piano that sits on the bottom. Downstage, right corner of the stage, facing the dancers, and
0: that's where oh, I also I can't tell you how much I wish was just in a boombox. But go on. <laughs> and the rehearsal directors <laughs> sit there with them, and then in the oh. background
1: were met a dozen technicians changing the scrim, yes. changing gels. Yeah. The yeah. legs were up, the whole thing, and quietly they just danced through this of de in their. Rehearsal clothes. And it was exquisite. And I was like, that is the potada.
0: De like, to see it yeah. in that context, it was, wow.
1: I'm
0: going to cry. Well, City <laughs> Ballet, take it. Take it. Go ahead and use it. Try it out. Try and it things out. Things like that
1: sometimes just don't work when you then place an audience and, like, the technicians mm. have been, like, asked to then Primed. do the Primed. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Now you're going to uh-huh. pretend to change this uh-huh oh boy
0: oh yeah you'd have to make it look like it was kind of an accident and like um yeah have like the curtain come up while people were rehearsing and so I'd be like oh the curtain's up uh, okay sorry ladies gentlemen, and mother, we're just gonna keep going
1: it's like in dance shows where they're like we're gonna let you see the technicians changing over the set but like they're all gonna be wearing like All black clothes because, like, we've instructed them that they can't even have, like, a logo on their t-shirt. You know what I mean? So in that, it's just, like, those situations where you're like, this is phony baloney. (sighs) I mean, performance is phony baloney in a great way sometimes, you know?
0: Uh, But, I mean, how incredible. Remember when we saw uh, that last peanut bash moment at BAM? With the dirt? And they showed... It, it was like, this is really good. Oh, yeah. D- putting the dirt on the stage. With them all coming out and putting the dirt on the stage yeah. and, and really, really good.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's like Loved it's it. like that thing we in all of us that kids have where they just love to watch like a backhoe, you know, dig up dirt and like dump it in a hole. A what? I don't know if that's the machine I'm talking Did about. Did you say a backhoe? Backhoe? <laughs> I believe it's a like a digger with a... I actually don't know, but I did see a, a kind of like construction machine the other day that really like took me out of my body for a second. I was like, Ooh, hot. Honey. I was like, that, yes. machine... Tell me about that machine. Okay. Honey. A of all, it was a tank.
0: Did you, did you say gay of all? Yeah, a of all it was a
1: tank, right? It had like tank wheels. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. Brutal. Bel- the honey. Actually, okay.
1: I saw it. You know, sometimes when the train goes down the tracks and it's just like a flatbed train with stuff on it because they're like transport. Yeah. yeah. So it was. Yeah. Like, trash or money. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was a flatbed train, but it had a tank on it. Right. That uh-huh. in the tank, there's a there's a container where a man sits or a woman and or a non bind and, you know, steers the thing, etc. cetera. And then on the front of it, it has like um, a hinged crane kind of thing with like an enormous nose, which is like the biggest nail you've ever seen. And that nail, I guess, sort of crushes walls or something, you know, makes
0: holes in really difficult stuff. An enormous nose with a big nail the on it. The nose was the nail. It was- it was so hard because when you said nose, I pictured an elephant. Mm-hmm. And when you said nail, I pictured a fingernail. Oh, no. So the surrealist image I had of this huge brutalist thing with a nose and a nail really did send me. And I was no, like, no, fierce.
1: No. Imagine <laughs> a rhinoceros. You know how they have that
0: big um, horn? Horn. horn. Yeah, like a horn.
1: It's like a rhinoceros, but in the most like mechanical, abstracted sense. Okay.
0: How big was that? Uh, nose arm.
1: (laughs) Uh, it was as big as a rhinoceros horn.
0: Okay, wait. But without a curve. So there's this, the body that, like, has someone in it, and then... It's a tank. A tank tank Mm -hmm. that has someone in it, and then coming out of it is just a big horn nose thing. No, you forgot about the part
1: that's like the hinged crane. Oh, the hinged crane thing
0: with then like a big driving kind of like drill spike thing.
1: Yes, it's a a spike.
0: It was Thank you. It's a spike. Okay. And and that spike spike. was cleaning out the ground. What was it doing on the building?
1: It was doing nothing because it was just being transported from A to Z, but, or A to B rather. Hey, you, (laughs) hey, um, hey,
0: Um, what what are you going to do with that thing? I exactly. really wish you would have asked so we could have had some research Whoa. journalism in this moment. You know what I mean? All that.
1: All that to talk about that
0: spike. All that to talk about that spike. How long did you stare at it for?
1: The whole time I could, you know, because it just went, it went past really me. It really felt
0: like I was Jodie Foster and Sounds of the Lambs in that moment. How you long know, did you when stare I was at it bal- for? You know,
1: when I was in ballet company, sometimes I would be sitting at the side, and I would, if I would stare long enough
0: uh-huh.
1: at just the feet, Or the lower legs without actually looking up that they were human beings, Uh I would get really, really tripped out. And I would start to like contemplate the fundamental nature of my job, which is like, Oh my God, my job is like people who like wear these crazy shoes where they stand on their toes and, like, get sort of, like, thrown about. <laughs> and that's my job,
0: right? Tea. And
1: that was kind of the feeling of looking at that tank with the spike. I was like, someone had to invent that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the absurdity of of what we're living in um, has really heightened a sense of the seam of it all or or I feel like completely keep repeating the word liminal um, that it's just kind of like what you know there's a, yeah. there's a lot of it was weird to me that there wasn't I mean like the thing with the GSA being like okay well we can begin this transition process but you can only come for 30 minutes next week and I'm not going to be there <laughs> <laughs> It's just, I don't know about this story that you tell. Oh, it was just when the, G, you know, when like this thing that we talked Emily. about in our last podcast, if we're being like, no, 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 no we're not beginning this transition of power. And, and then they were like, okay, well, we'll start it. And, but then Emily Murphy was like, but I'm not going to help. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have this other person come in and she'll talk to you. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to recuse myself from this. Like, I think that's probably wise. Um, well, it's a very, like, how to, you know, play all the sides, right?
1: Well, she's clearly biased. So she was like, I'm not the person to it, do this because, like, I have too many feelings about
0: it. You ca- oh, can you imagine if she would have said that? That would have been incredible. That's not what she said. She was like, you know, this is this process is still... Okay, okay, so Michigan, okay, well, this process is still, oh, oh, okay, Pennsylvania, well, okay, okay, well, this process is still, you know what I mean? It's like, right, are you kidding me? And it's like, yeah, it's and it is like this thing of like, well, no, seventy three million people are not kidding you. like they are like, I don't want this, you know, it's it's a real, um, it's just. It's a, it is, it's a real, uh, as Mark Morris once said, hard nut. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, I would like to, um, so I'm getting to the point in my bath now where I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. So I, I would like us to take a break, but what we're going to do is, um, Uh, ABT just had its virtual gala and part of that was uh, a film that you are now going to get to hear about it's uh, it's a film called David and um, I'm about to uh, say everyone who's involved in it in this upcoming clip and you will get to hear uh, uh, what we recorded with David Hallberg about uh, his experience of working on that film see you in a bit David, and now you say David. David.
1: Yeah. That'll be a great, great intro for when you're going to say
0: David. <laughs> David. The film that Jeremy has created with Pam and with Reed and Harriet, with Daniel Rampulas, the cinematographer, it is incredible. It's really... <laughs> It is absolutely, and I'm not just saying it because my partners directed this, but, um, uh, and because I love Pam and I love Reed and I love (laughs) Mary and I love you and I love Daniel. It's true. I do love all the people in it, but I really, it brings something forward from you that I haven't seen and made me really, really excited in terms of, selfishly, I thought back to when we had like just a couple rehearsals of Mm -hmm. like, what would it be to try and get you to act and... Uh, And sort of change this around, orient this in some other way in terms of this idea of like what if how to take really punch in the story of story ballet and then work that way psychologically.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: How it comes forward in this film, how Jeremy set it up in terms of I mean, I know what his inspiration was for and how he sort of storyboarded it. Um, how he's worked with Pam on it, and how it frames you, it brings forward something from you that I haven't seen, and you're in s- a l- really fucking incredible in it.
2: Thank you. I agree. I agree. Mean, I, agree. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, the team was like, you know, the team makes it happen. This I, was a I dream, cannot dream take, team. I cannot take like all the credit. I mean, Jeremy, um, I mean, <laughs> Jeremy, first of all, has... Totally has his shit together. I mean, he would send these like reels, these you know mood boards, these video boards. I mean, it was like all in, thorough. and it was thorough. And the more you know, information, the better. And it it yeah. through his through his kind of vi- visualization, and then you know, with Pam, it's like, I mean. You know, I, I've, I've supported Pam inadvertently for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I brought her into the ABT choreographic workshop and, and, and then she blew up and, and, yeah. but, but the thing about Pam is like, she has remained true to exactly who she is as an artist. And yep. that's <clears throat> so, it's so, I don't know, it's so inspiring, but it's also like, so real. It's like, you know, she's now, you know, I mean, the ballet world has like anointed her now, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think they're desperately trying to play catch up to what she's been doing all along, uh-huh. but, but like, she just does her thing. She doesn't sell. She doesn't, you know, um, adhere to cheap, um, trick trickery, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, she, I mean, there are parts of me as a as a physical dancer that people can easily flaunt and and just yeah. use and abuse and she just didn't do that.
1: I think that Pam exists in a really beautiful place where not only does she is she not sort of exploiting but she's at the same time also not making any effort to alienate. It is very like pure expression of her curiosity and I think what distinguishes this project with David from maybe other, other collaborations that you've pursued David with, Well, the Mark Morris thing was pretty exceptional. I, I, I really loved, I loved that solo and I want, I would love to see it again, but Pam similarly is, she's just true to herself, but she's also super curious about you and your history. Yeah. And that shows up so beautifully
0: in the solo. And what's, and the thing that is so, and what feels so clear to me in, in this work is everyone who is working in their collaborative effort with each other also is deeply researched and deeply loves the thing that they do. Mm -hmm. So Pam as a dance maker, Jeremy as a filmmaker, you as a dancer, Reed and Harriet as costume designers, Daniel as cinematography. It's like everyone has, they come to it with this Full, very deep, and, and and lifelong. It is not. It does not feel like gimmick or a way to uh, get something. It's, and it's it's rare, I think, these days actually to see super rare. to be able to be given art that comes from someone's lifelong love of it, instead of um, moving up some I don't know some ladder into wherever right. And um, it makes me laugh of when I saw this drag queen once. <laughs> I talked about moving to New York as a dancer and said, dance was my ticket. Um, so but yeah, to trust, it, admire, and love all the people you're working with at once is that
1: it yeah. almost never happens.
0: Mm. When it comes through in the work, in this work, and I mean, Reed's already heard me say this. The, the costume that ends up happening in the sort of, we could say, the fantasy outdoor section is... Also, just how Jeremy decided on that location, what yeah. happened for him dramaturgically in picking that location, um, how that all worked out. But the way the costume also works with the location, how it fits on your body. It's just mm-hmm. one of my favorite costumes for I've ever done. Me too. Um, it's really It, it was really, really hard to me.
2: <laughs> but then your,
0: your quality on film, and I think this is something that is true of and it is what I really appreciate so much about Jeremy as a director is a really great director has the actor be able to come forward mm-hmm. in a way that it's, the director's job is of course to set up the shots and make it look really incredible and all of that, but also to make sure that the performer has is supported while having space at the same time mm-hmm. to come forward. And that felt really clear on this. I mean, the end is, I gagged. I, at the end was, I was so shook. I am, I am shook, shooketh by it. It is
2: stunning. The end just happened. And it was like, there was a rug, there was a song, there was a memory. I mean, the song is a memory of actually the time that I spent at Paris opera school. We would finish, um, adagio class with this bow that would always be to this music, this set bow. And so I just was whistling, you know, this, this, this music and, and then <laughs> just evolved. And I, I think, um, a Testament to Jeremy and a Testament to Pam, um, and Daniel, you know, the openness of, of, of seeing what's in front of them, I think. Yeah. And listen, like camera work is a little foreign to me. Uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm used to emoting in these huge opera houses. Yeah. And yeah. so like the subtlety of camera work um, was a bit foreign, but I will say like there were these moments of Pam's choreography um, in this structure that we were on that I, because of this shot, the way it was shot and because of the movement, I it took me aback. It was Mm. like, I I saw a side of myself that I, you know, don't usually see, which was so interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm at the end. I mean, I'm like, it's, it's time to move on to something else. And, and so I'm, that's just the beginning. Well, it could be in a way, but like, it's just, I don't know. It was like a really surprising. And I think Jackie, you and I have talked about this in depth. Reed and I have talked about this like to death where I've always <laughs> felt this um, unfulfillment of like what I was, um, what I worked every day and toiled. I mean, I have such respect and love for the classical ballet world, but there was something that in, in it didn't fulfill me. And like, and with this, with, with, you know, the, the marriage of these collaborators, it gave me a sense of like, um i mean not to sound like sappy or emotional like what could have been and Mm. i'm i'm totally willing to accept that i'm going to you know to to other things that i'm so inspired by and ready for but um this gave me like a little glimpse of kind of what i had always been searching for and you, you know jack you and i have you know, we've, we've had rehearsals together. We've done some, some, some shows together. I mean, I've participated in shows of yours and, and so, you know, and Reed, you know, well, like how, um, how much I've tried to find this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's okay. I'm not crying over, like, I'm not crying over it. It, 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 but I guess the thing looking back, the thing that I, I did, the thing that like really blocked me the most was I questioned it too much
1: mm-hmm.
2: like it had to be like like this groundbreaking collaboration of like you know and 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 open up these doors to m- me as an artist it's like no just just fucking try it
1: well it became overcomplicated i think because you were also trying to make sure it wasn't something else like it wasn't the thing that so many star dancers get themselves into in terms of having vehicles created for them that turn out to be kind of disparate or strange pairings that don't actually make sense. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so much of that in the universe of celebrated ballet dancers. And so I think in your effort to steer away from that, you got yourself into a very confused state of thinking Mm -hmm. like overthinking it when in fact, what, you you did find the right your way towards the right people and then into processes that were very natural.
0: And I, I mean there's a and it's multivalent in this way that I think Reed is absolutely correct and that you were wise to be to be vigilant. Um because <laughs> you saw you are also You also get to see what happens when someone just must at all costs perform and then allows themselves to be used by a choreographer. Yeah.
1: I mean, which is and not to say that David has
0: absolutely avoided participating. In- I know, <laughs> I, I know
2: what you're thinking, thinking of. <laughs> I know what you're thinking Well,
0: I mean, what about <laughs> that? I mean, I, yes, there's, we're not going to get into that it's not this <laughs> podcast, but, um, I <laughs> really, I think that, I'm gonna I'm gonna close out on that piece and we'll get back to our regular scheduled program. But it's um this that is part of it. Another part of it is just in queerness. It's it is this thing of uh, I remember once when like at one of like the many nasty reviews I got, and Justin Bond called me and said, um. And it was about seriousness and comedy and da-da-da and how uh, and seriousness gets prized and comedy doesn't. And she said, right, because uh, they don't understand that uh, they've already said, we're not going to take you seriously. So why mm-hmm. should you? And that turn, I think, is really challenging, especially when one works in something classical and that can even be academia of um, this, this idea that it all has to be so serious and so important, and as you know from hearing this podcast, it's something Reed and I have become like increasingly like leave me alone with, um, because it doesn't have a sense of uh, the larger context, humility, etc., and also um, I think is is interesting in terms of. How, but the danger zone of if you're to step into that, that it does open you up in a really vulnerable way. Mm. I mean, I have direct experience of to be of really being open and vulnerable and holding tragedy and comedy at the same time, and and being you know eviscerated for it. So yeah, it's. Um,
1: I also think that this this particular project. Is a beautiful example of how a process does not have to be like fraught with, with feeling or fraught with, right. with discord, et cetera, in order to become something meaningful. Because at the end of the day, the product is incredibly moving in this strange way where like you'll laugh and you'll feel sad for some reason. It's mysterious, but it wasn't made through like strife.
2: It was made right. in like, a, yes. everybody
1: happily made this yeah. project yeah. and with
2: yes. like
0: no argument.
2: And in little time. yeah. And
0: very little time. And I think the uh, that was sort of where it landed for me in the piece is that what you hold in the work and the space that I think was created for you and made for you by Jeremy and Pam was an ability for you yourself to hold nostalgia. And that when you said, you know, I don't want to be... I think you said something about sentimental or overemotional, and I think that's the thing is that we're now at a place where it's like please be
2: mm.
0: <laughs> emotional please like we're at a time where we are globally experiencing the wrath of what happens when one doesn't
1: I love the part where you're twirling around in the middle and your hair is blowing and I thought when I first watched it that it was in rewind but it's not because I asked Jeremy yesterday but I was like, look, it's David, he's
0: twirling. And it just felt so like, it felt so good and so real and so regular. There's so many things I love about it. And it's also partly that I think you're able to, humor is used in the work as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that that feels, that frees up all of this room. And um, so it's just, it's it, it's just fantastic. And I think that thing of holding, being able to hold both, allows really for this queer space to happen that refuses being categorized mm-hmm. i mean that's sort of the that is the thing that's also so tricky about you know more classical forms is then well then it is that it's the thing it needs to be or it's not mm-hmm. and that's i think for people making new work or what your desires have been of of getting to explore facets of yourself it's exciting. I mean, I'm really, I'm absolutely like, we'll work on a film project together. I that's, love it. That's what I think is next.
1: Hi everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, the day after. <clears throat> if you are now doing your Christmas shopping, look no further than the self-stimulus silent art auction which is supporting theater workers who are, you know, vastly unemployed and are all extraordinarily talented artists. Many of the ones we know have contributed paintings and ephemera to uh, this auction. And you can go online and bid for these beautiful things. So support our friends and buy gifts for your family and your loved ones. Um, and you can find this at Self Stimulus Silent Art Auction 2020. That's selfstimulus.betterworld.org.
0: Merry holidays! And we're back. And so there you have it, um, listeners. Uh, and and go to uh, ABT on YouTube and scrub to I think it's 44 minutes, and you can watch uh, that film. I'm I'm borrowing from Harriet. That was uh, an Instagram joke.
1: Did Jeremy show you that video that I sent him? I know I sent you the very short clip of when um,
0: starts playing the piano really fast.
1: Alexander Malafiev, I think, is his name.
0: No, you sent it just before we started talking, and I was running my bath. Did
1: Did he show you the full clip for the end of the Prokofiev Piano Concerto Number Three? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, oh! Well, I sent. I was talking to Jeremy yesterday, and I sent him the full clip of the whole concerto because mm-hmm. I said watch the end because I started I was thinking about this movie called the Competition with Amy Irving and Richard Dreyfus from I love
0: Amy Irving Oh I, I mean, mean but the Carrie wow. the movie's
1: about you know like the politics of a relationship and how like being female will factor into one's confidence mm. and sometimes people sabotage themselves to save a relationship okay et yes. Um, but in the movie, Amy Irving plays the Prokofiev piano concerto number three mm-hmm. in a bridged version. And I was like, I gotta, I wonder, though I saw that movie as a young person and found it very inspiring, I wonder if the performances hold up in terms of like how convincing the piano playing is, you know, mm-hmm. by the actors. Okay. So I had a look at it on YouTube and I was like, Ooh. Wow, like it looks like Amy Irving is playing the Prokofiev piano concerto. It's, it's uncanny. So I mean, I'm not a professional piano player. But as far as I could tell, as a person who can sight read and understand, you know, the direction of the keyboard, I was like, wow, that's really good. Um, and then I did a lot of research about it and, you know, they trained extensively with a pianist and they played on this silent piano. So they were basically like lip syncing. Work. Piano playing. Work. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. And Amy Irving does an extraordinary job. So then I started listening to real performances of that concerto, which ends in such a crazy ecstatic way that I kept thinking like someone who plays this is just going to start sobbing when it ends, you know? Uh Uh-huh. But it turns out that only I would start sobbing when it ends because I, I watched it so many times. And by the time I got to that young man playing it and he plays it at such a speed and it, I, it really made me cry. And I watched it several times, just like the feeling of getting to the end of that concerto was just like
0: so ecstatic. So what happens at the end of what? Of what you you said did Jeremy show you and that that at the end and I didn't watch it. He doesn't cry. Jeremy didn't show me. He doesn't Uh
1: cry, but he plays the last few minutes of that concerto with such ferocity and accuracy. It is Uh um it's astonishing in a way that's
0: And what does he look like at the end? Is he sweating? Does he laugh? Well
1: he in those
0: Does he make a joke?
1: No, but in those last Several bars. I mean, what happens to some musicians who are... who can channel so much focus and energy into this kind of Mm -hmm. physical mechanism they're doing, the, like, subconscious has to kick in for the other parts of the body, you know? So, like, the face starts to get really weird, you know? Like, strange things start to happen. You know, like how when my mother gets very, very involved in a task at night, she starts to do the weird humming and tapping and stuff. And it's like, she doesn't Uh know she's doing it, but something else has taken her attention away to such an absorbing extent that like other parts of her being are now on autopilot. Well-
0: Like when I drive a car. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like when you slow down <laughs> to enter on a on a ramp on an entrance ramp into the. Or when
0: I speed up into a corner.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, okay. So at any rate, yeah.
1: that starts to happen mm. to this young man's face, mm. where like he starts sort of like mm. it almost looks like he's chewing gum. You know, his like he gets very hunched mm. because like what's happening in his hands is so wild, and in like all video recordings of the end of this concerto, like. There's no speed of like video that can actually keep the hands clear. They start to blur because it's so fast.
0: But like oh, there has got to be because they have those hummingbird ones. Oh, that's true. You know? That's true. If they could so do they just got to get. Um, they just got to get the whatever that the show IMAX is called. got get in the there. world, yeah, the exactly. nature world. David, David Attenborough <laughs> needs to come and narrate what's happening to this um Homo sapien. Um, do do you remember? The name of the movie where, um, that movie called Cheaters with um Diane Lane and Richard Gere. Did you ever, did it ever come to you? Unfaithful? Oh, work, honey. Now, did you look it up while we were on the phone, or did it just come to you?
1: No, I did look it up. I
0: looked. I it up. I knew it. I knew it. But I, that it was, was
1: ages ago. Ages it was,
0: ago. Oh, is that what you did while I was um taking my ice cold shower and putting my ablutions on?
1: No. Oh, yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what, maybe that's what you did during that, um, that little break. Um, I, and, and again, just if you are having extreme anxiety in this, uh, pandemic, uh, fascist hell, um, please feel free to take an ice cold shower
1: <laughs> or watch the movie unfaithful. And it, has a, it has a great bathtub scene. That's why I was talking about it. Cause they seem to have this huge bathtub in their upstage house that they both fit in. So nice. Their
0: upstage house.
1: Upstage. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Upstage left. That's where you're going to put Incredible.
0: Richard Gere's house. Incredible. That is like, that's absolutely how we did rumble ghost. Um, upstage house. Uh, There's wait, there. um, what is the, what's the scene in the bathtub?
1: They're having a tender moment. I, I think Who's I can't remember they? if Diane Lane and Richard Gere, who are a married couple, and I can't recall. Who's the hot guy? Olivier Martinez.
0: Oof, honey. I remember I think and he gets killed by a snow globe. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's kind of about as good as I can do with that movie. Like I remember no, he did her good. walking around New York. I remember yeah, Richard Gere. Soho gets mad and i think i and i remember olivia martinez's face and then i remember the snow globe uh-huh. um does the snow globe break no wow thick glass
1: i think those tempered glass snow globes are incredibly dense
0: doesn't it make you want to take a snow globe outside just throw it on the ground see what happens
1: no it I actually really have does to me a beautiful snow globe
0: you do, I mean, you do. It's so wonderful.
1: Um, but I, uh, I don't have he, one. I should get one. It, that is good writing. You know what I mean? That someone writing that movie was like, how's he going to kill this guy? It's snow like globe. a snow globe. It's gorgeous. Cut. It's unforgettable.
0: A uh, Cut to me being like, snow globe.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing you remember from that
0: movie. <laughs> oh, it's some queen thought of it for sure. You know what I mean? It's so Leave it, Leave it to a queen to darkly queer Christmas. Diane
1: yeah. Lane got nominated for an Oscar for that movie. And she does. A what? Oh, yeah. She's so good in it. She does this silent acting uh-huh. on a Metro North train at one point in the movie, mm-hmm. which, like, we can all relate to of, like, being on a Metro North train and, like, having feelings. And she's mm-hmm. sitting sitting on the train after her first. first um, her first. Her first. Her Colin Firth, um, her first uh, sexual liaison with Olivier Martinez. And she's sitting on the train going home and Mm -hmm. she's going through it in her mind. And you see little flashbacks, but a lot of the attention is just on her sitting in that seat going
0: through it. Is she clapping Um, her hands and smiling and winking at people? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: She's like, hey, girl, I did it. I
0: really did it. And that would <laughs> be the kind of movie I'd want to see where she's like, yes, oh my God, hey, 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 excuse me, excuse me, sorry, are you reading? Oh my God, I just have like the that hottest She's like that person you know from that
1: meeting who's like, <laughs> well, I just got my pussy pounded. <laughs> It's so
0: crazy You can't tell that story on this Well, um, I mean you can. What are, what are Enough, enough And about? stop, and stop So, um uh, Wait, wait um, That really threw me That made me laugh <laughs> Oh, silent acting That's really crazy I don't know if I can finish the show <laughs> In The Undoing With Nicole Kidman That's a movie? Hugh Grant uh, No, it's a TV oh, show Oh, it's an HBO, HBO. show at the end, towards the end of the first episode, there is a very close shot on just her left eye uh-huh. while it rolls around while she's on the phone, but she's doing, like, hysterical, like... She's she's trying to figure out what's going on. She's making all these phone calls. And so it's, like, her listening on this phone. And the close-up is on her left eye, and it goes every which way. And I laughed... So hard, I couldn't believe it. And now,
1: have her eyes cleared up since the Princess Grace of Monaco movie? Yeah, I like think she-,
0: she was just. I think she was just having dry at that time. She just figured that out. Oh, so care.
1: the vi- her Visine is working now.
0: Uh huh. This wig, I don't know how I feel about this wig. I'm don't. I'm not sure. I'm sure it's like twenty five thousand dollars, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's there's times when there's just certain ways that the part doesn't work. It's just, I don't know. It's. It looks in the previews to be
1: quite a lot of hair.
0: It is. And so like then almost like a
1: return to like the Nicole Kidman of the far and away days, you know, mm-hmm.
0: old times. which I think is her real hair in that movie. I
1: loved that movie.
0: You did. I did. Ugh. I did.
1: And even when I was a child,
0: hair, I couldn't stand it.
1: It's, Probably not very good, but I, Uh, God, at the time... Have you seen it
0: since we were kids?
1: I've seen it, the ending, like, in a hotel room or something. It came on, and I thought, of course (gasps) I'm going to watch this. All I
0: cared about in that movie was the Enya song. Uh,
1: Which one? Far
0: and away. Far
1: and... Yeah, uh uh-huh.
0: That's just, that's all I can recall from it, was just that Enya had a song in it. I didn't... I just was kind of never here for Tom Cruise. I just...
1: He was so cute in that movie,
0: though. Whoa. Well, sure. I just was like, I can't do this. Like, it was just an always, like, no thanks, until the only movie that I was like, yes, was Magnolia. Because I was like, this Mm -hmm. seems right. I believe Mm -hmm. this. Everything else, I was like, "Mm, you're a liar.
1: Again, I'm going to bring it up again this week, but you should watch Jerry (laughs) McQuarrie.
0: I can't. (sighs) It was on at one point. I remember being a kid and being, like, trapped in the living room and it being on... And um, and Renee Zellweger was saying, you had me at hello. And I was, you know, so, like, just over and, like, furious with straight people at, like, you know, 12 or whatever. And I was like, you had me at hello. You know, and my yeah. parents were like, just watch the movie. And I was like, no.
1: <laughs> it is iconically cloying writing at times, but.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't. Something. It's movie it's about something. sports. It's about it's a lot of men in it. It's not for me. Yeah, it's, it's not true. for me. You know, it's like I was like, let's watch The Grifters or Dangerous Liaisons or you know like.
1: Oh, um, Jack. Uh
0: huh. What? Guess.
1: Guess what I watched. Speaking mm. of Michelle Pfeiffer.
0: Batman Returns.
1: No, but also oh. wow
0: i mean should have won an oscar for that um uh ant-man 2 (laughs) (laughs) she is in it i have seen all the michelle pfeiffer movies
1: (laughs) she she is in
0: it um Um,
1: no um the witches of eastwick
0: uh heaven
1: i have not seen that before what? Which is shocking to me because it has the word witches, it's from the 80s and it's And
0: it it's in the Hamptons, isn't it?
1: It's a lot No, it's in like Maine or something.
0: Oh, okay. I guess I was like East Hampton, but it's not It looks East like
1: State. it's all the same. It's like T
0: you know. Northeast Corridor. Yeah. Um uh I am really stunned that you yeah. haven't seen that movie. It's so up your alley. Um, was. There's was like is true. a classical. There's like you know your part, which I think is the Susan Sarandon part. I'm either
1: Susan. Well, actually, I don't know. That's a. New, are you Michelle Pfeiffer?
0: Because you're.
1: God, Michelle Pfeiffer in that yeah. moment has there. There was nobody more beautiful. I was every time a camera was on her face. I, my, I couldn't believe it. It was shocking. I was like. I don't Look. know
0: that you've seen Scarface. I haven't. Oof, honey, you should watch that. There, There's there's times where it, her face is, it is, it's so shocking. Like, it's, I just
1: kept thinking about mm-hmm. the people in Hollywood where, like, Michelle Pfeiffer started walking into rooms and then you would just have to be like, oh, I mean. I guess, I guess you're hired. Like, what on earth even? I mean, it is crazy.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. She's really...
1: And the way that they have dressed her in the Witches of Eastwick, in the most mm. dowdy clothes imaginable, like, mm. it is... her. The power of her face is so extraordinary that it doesn't even matter that they made this, like... Uh, I strange... saw that movie
0: as a child
1: mm-hmm. when
0: it came out with my mother...
1: Yeah. And I remember, which remem- would have been when I was looking at the box, the VHS box at the video store, and not renting it because
0: probably not allowed. Oh, what year did it come out? Your computer's in front of you.
1: I, I'll do it on my. I'll do it on a device that won't. Size. Yeah,
0: you do not do it on the on the phone. Do like not do not do it. I don't think I saw it in the theater. Actually, I do believe it was a rental. It came out in 1987. Yes. So, um, I saw it, uh, yeah, around that age and I remember being completely, like, freaked out, grossed out by the cherry pit vomit.
1: Oh, wow.
0: And And I, you know, I was like eight and that was really, like, scary. The actress who plays the cherry pit lady
1: was really something. Um, She's... Well, she's great. She's been in a lot of stuff. I'm gonna find her name just because people should know it. She's Veronica really Cartwright. Wow. Scary. She scary. does some really scary physical acting in that movie.
0: It that was really gross. She's vomiting cherry pits and is beaten to death with a poker, I believe, by her husband. Yeah, he had it's, to he had to let her go. Because <laughs> like the cherry pit thing was an ending. That was so disturbing to me as a child. I remember feeling, you know, I saw it when I was too young to see that. I mean, that whole movie is like you're too young to see that. Like, the sexuality, the... Um, There's in a lot the, of talk about
1: penises. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot.
0: Yeah. In that movie, it's hard to... It is hard. Like, I, you know, we're, like, not... Like, if we had to pick, like, which one we are, I guess I'm Cher...
1: I think that weirdly, you're Susan Sarandon. Wow. Because yes, she starts out as like this Puritan cello player, but the person she comes back as with like the weird strawberry <laughs> cotton candy hair, smoking cigarettes, like that, that's you. That's you.
0: Cher sure doesn't smoke.
1: No, Cher doesn't smoke in the movie. She's, she's a no, she's Jeremy. She's the no nonsense sculptress. You know,
0: she's keeping busy. Oh, totally. You're right. She's Jeremy. I'm Susan Sarandon. And I guess you're Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah.
0: Cause you'd be like, this isn't nice. And I'm like.
1: If uh, if I looked like her.
0: Wow. Well, honey, if we. Can I
1: just say they are all amazingly beautiful and amazingly beautiful in the movie.
0: Yeah. It's really... And the
1: choice to turn Susan Sarandon's hair that color was genius. It is so strange, but she becomes like totally monochrome. It's beautiful.
0: What do you mean?
1: Like her skin and her hair kind of become the same. Oh, you're talking
0: about, you said Susan Sarandon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, in my mind, I heard Cher and I was like, I think
1: it's... No, Cher, the only Susan Sarandon goes through a transformation in the movie.
0: I guess it's me. I am that transformation queen. Um, you know, the it's the scene like...
1: with the pink balloons. Do you remember this? Mm. <clears throat> it's when they're like the happiest as like the as a quadruple or whatever and they start they're... to float. Well, that happens and then there's like the scene of domestic bliss where like their children are at the mansion and Jack Nicholson throws like a party where he there's like five million pale pink balloons that they sort of release down the grand staircase. It's amazing. And I, I also learned in reading about it that the, the, like, foyer of that mansion, the interior shots, were done at the Wang Center in Boston, which is, like, where the ballet performs.
0: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, so they'd make, like, the foyer look, like, just, like, totally wild. Yeah, I... I'm also... And do they, but they're just like daydreaming about the kind of man they want. They don't like actually cast a spell to bring him.
1: I think there's something inside of like the power that the three of them have together. Right. That like they're three, they, the three of them do manifest him into existence from like the devil, basically.
0: Mm hmm. I kind of wonder, you know. I know that the Witches was not a great remake. I wonder if the Witches of Eastwick could be.
1: Well, you know, there was a sequel written. Oh. Um, and that I would be, I would love to keep my eyes on those actresses and Jack Nicholson at this point because you know they're still uh, fascinating.
0: Wow. No, I think it'd be something. Curious. I think it'd be curious to have like a a, a remake, a remake done now. Um yeah, it could be where it would be like even I don't know, it could be funnier. Anyhow, so um that's I a movie came on last night that also had Cher in it, where I think it's the one time where Cher it wasn't good. And uh because I think what, she's an incredible actress. What movie is that? Burlesque.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> Unwatchable. I mean, unwatchable. Wow,
1: I have seen that movie with Christina Aguilera.
0: I couldn't. I've never seen it. I haven't been able to get through it. It's an un, It's unwatchable for me. Which it's and, and it has. To, it obviously has to be bad for that to be unwatchable because it has elements that you would think I would love: showgirls, um, competition, uh, share. A charming,
1: handsome male lead who somehow they make look not appealing.
0: Yeah, that guy.
1: <clears throat> that guy. That guy who was never in anything else.
0: No, he was in other stuff. Super familiar to me.
1: I don't think so. His name is like Ch- Chittenden. Ch- <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I'm serious. Look it up. You do it. No, Look it up stop on your it. Re-book. Look it up right now. His stop name is like it. Ch- it. his name's like Chaz Chad. Ch- Look it you, up.
0: You said Chittenden.
1: I think his last name's Chittenden. <laughs> His name's like Tap. Tap. <laughs> tap Chittenden. Look it up. Look it up. It's going to feel like that. That's the feeling.
0: Jack, it just... is. It. It. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying. It is Cam Gigandit. I knew it! <laughs> I
1: knew it I knew it I knew it I can
0: get it. I can't. Do you know what I mean gig and did
1: when your yeah. last name is gig you literally must change it if you want to get famous <laughs> like it doesn't work
0: um, I knew it. I knew it. His parents it. were the co-owners of the Rock Pizza franchise. Uh-huh. Um, he went to Santa Monica College. But I've seen him in other stuff. Oh, yeah, because he's... Well, I never saw Twilight, but he's in that. And <laughs> I never saw... Oh, he's in ECA, which I saw. Okay. Which, which Which was a good movie. And then he's in a bunch... Of other movies that, um... Wait,
1: speaking of Easy A, Emma Stone, Uh speaking of Mm. Emma Stone, Mm -mm. Lottie from The Great British Bake Off, speaking of The Great British Bake Off, last night.
0: Oh, okay, wow. The way you went through that really quickly, um...
1: But we're really just going to talk about Great British Bake Off.
0: Uh, worst season they've ever had. Um, GBBO. That's the Great British Bake Off, right? Um, I.
1: <laughs> no, it's a uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a railroad.
0: Um. <laughs> <clears throat> wow, but Cam Gigandet is very handsome to me.
1: Sure, like, sure, he's good looking, he's, but they he did have a lot of eyeliner on in that
0: movie. I like that. You do. (laughs) You do. Yeah. I like that. Um, I'm looking at these other things he's been in and I just don't know any of them. Like, but so like in this way, you're right, but they're in post-production for without remorse, which is an upcoming action thriller. Um, And he is, it's going to release it digitally on prime and, um, look, when you're great looking, you can like keep being in TV shows work. Yeah. Well, this is a, this is a movie anyhow. Um, so, uh, great British Bake Off. I, I was not into how that went and it was this thing where I really felt like, um, I felt like who's the woman who does the fashion show? One know, day you're mean, in, about. and the next Heidi you're out. Klum. I really felt <laughs> like that's what this show is, is. Like, where it's like, it doesn't matter what you've done the weeks before. It only matters mm-hmm. what this week was like.
1: Yes, but in a way, that's why it's so fair and so, like, wonderful.
0: Because but I feel like I mean, has, like, I just think she did way better.
1: Yeah. Does Ermine just deserve overall to be in the final? Yes. yes. Yeah. But she had
0: a doozy of a patisserie week. You know what I mean? Hers was the only horn that looked right. And so... Yes, yeah, she I,
1: did have the correct looking horn.
0: <laughs> I that, like... Can I just say when they <laughs> went to
1: the little tent where, where Prue and Paul sit and like test out the, the technical bake... Uh, Uh, it took my breath away when i saw that horn because i could i was startled i was like that is impossible that they're gonna figure that out
0: well yeah when i saw that i really wanted to be like do you guys know what season you're in because this is not the season to do this in and like it's so clear that they had it all planned out in advance they get the bakers in there and they're like uh, like, I wish they could have been, like, real about it and been like, um, no one's going to do this. No. Because this, this season's just, it's not been, it's just, it's a it's a tough one. Um, no, I
1: mean, I like them, obviously, like, I always...
0: Love, I love them all as people, absolutely.
1: Even David, who's so strange and, like... Is that that straight such
0: guy? A, such
1: a child in this way, whenever they're like, you've done really well. He's like, I have, haven't I? And you're
0: like, oh my, this is so strange. Wait, is that the straight guy with the dark he, hair?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh huh. Um, well, but he'll, but he'll like glow in this way That's I find very sweet. Like, He's where he'll very really emotional. beam. It's nice. Yeah. Where he'll really beam. But remember his horn, honey? Remember oh my God. <laughs> his horn? <laughs> that made me really, really, really laugh. Paul I was, couldn't handle it, Paul I couldn't mean, take it. It Paul couldn't take it, honey. It was for sure. It was provocative. The way it had been placed,
1: just pointing right at them,
0: and it <laughs> and the way it's like, well, here's David's horn. I just come on, it was and Paul strange. just doubled over. But Ermine, like, really, I was like, this isn't. She's the only one who like constructed this thing correctly. Mm-hmm. This is but then she literally made like a rubber cube cake. So,
1: like, what are you going to do? You know?
0: She really did.
1: She made a rubber cube cake. I don't know I what know. happened to her.
0: Well, she did the, She did her, she, like, came up with a new recipe the day before.
1: I know. She She didn't do good. You. She's so good at just, like, doing classic recipes. Uh-huh. And she, she deviated and it didn't go well.
0: It didn't. Um... And, and I Peter, did.
1: F- Peter did really well. And he Peter was. Peter
0: just- did really well. I loved those elderflower sponge cake things. Those looked incredible.
1: The um, Are you talking about the Savara or the cube cakes? Uh,
0: the Savara. I couldn't. Like, they were like, we're making a Savara Baba. And I was like, what? Wow. S- Savaran. Yeah, I rum can't. baba. I, I don't know. Like I was all like, I don't know what any (laughs) of this shit means. Um, I, you know, I really, I don't know what any of that shit means. I don't eat shit like that. You know, like I, I, I like to see it. It's, you know, it's a calming show. This season has felt as absurd as the reality we live in, which is like just absurdist Camus Mm. terrain. Um, and I uh, love
1: Matt and Noel. Matt is so funny to me.
0: Matt, oh, he's so funny to you. Um, yes, yes, I do miss um the lesbian, whatever her name was.
1: Yeah, I loved um, her too. She
0: was so great. I really loved her. It's a different. This is a far more like hee haw like broad comedy. The way everyone like touches Peter and flirts with Peter like all the time is it's really amazing. It's. Crazy. Even
1: Noel, who is straight, married with child, is. Like I don't think Peter Noel's
0: straight. Out.
1: He is. I mean, well, I mean, I think paper. she's bi. Okay.
0: She. So she's married to a woman, but I mean, she's definitely like in the. I you know I think I think her sexual orientation is fluid. Okay. I, well, I, we inter- I can, when we when we interview her on the podcast, I'll ask her. <laughs> I'll be like, "Come on, but but Queen, I mean, this isn't like new news."
1: New news. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone's, uh, I just like how red Peter's eyes get.
1: I know, he does have really pronounced rosy rings around his eyes. Mm -hmm. Generally, like, the skin around the eyes is red, the eyes are red themselves. There's There's no one in
0: this season who I've been like, wow, that was um, the season's past.
1: What do you mean, like, handsome or talented?
0: (laughs) (laughs) T. Totally. Well, that both. was a question. Yeah. And but to which I was in like both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This season was like, mm, okay. And then, like, it's, you know, it's it's on. It's thank true. God. Like, I'm going to watch it. But the
1: fact that Laura is in the finale is like, wow. It was a, can was you a imagine difficult season.
0: That, like, bowl of diarrhea that she was putting together for the. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God. How about that? Like, literally at the end of every episode, she looks like she's been in an actual shitstorm. Like, (laughs) so crazy. Her apron. (laughs) (laughs) When
0: her mirror glaze was just, like, dripping all over the place. It was full murder scene. It was such... Because of, like... Because at first you were like diarrhea and then you were like blood. It was like absolute blood parts. Like just so, so crazy. crazy. What is going Watching
1: the mirror glaze just slide <laughs> off those cute cakes all over the floor. I was like
0: Aura. everywhere that it like showed her shoes. It showed her white tennis shoes with like blood dripping <laughs> off the counter. It, <laughs> it was, I mean, someone needs to do an edit where like, Really violent horror movies playing, or like you're hearing like you know the sound effects from like a Saw movie, or like Ugh. Hostel, and it just cuts to like Laura's uh uh workstation. Fun. It is watching
1: Laura bake is really upsetting to me. It's just like, it, I can't deal it it with the is. mess. It oh, is. It's so haphazard. It's like. It,
0: it is absolutely. I mean, I like that in this other way. I like it. I do like seeing someone just
1: contrast. You know, I love seeing someone throw like something. Around. I know
0: counters. Well, well, Peter's like pouring. You know, doing one thing with his left hand and another with his right. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's really it's it, that that shot of him being like, "Oh, it's all going on time." <laughs> <sighs> I'm quite boring after an hour. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm too tough for that. You know, it's like, I'm too, t- I'm kind of too tough for the great British bake-off. So it's like, it, it like, I don't really pay attention. It kind of comes on. I let it like be like a television Klonopin, which in a way television is. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, I you know, but I'm glad it's on like, what else is there to watch? I, 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 I will try to do another episode of the undoing. Um I know you
1: finished the, cr- did you do the crown, the whole crown?
0: I didn't like that show. I can't, well, watch I haven't,
1: that. I haven't started the new season. I'm writing
0: I, I just was like, I'm just not here for this. It's, Yeah. it's, uh, to watch like really rich, white, aristocracy, <laughs> be hideous. It's just, it's like too, uh, like everywhere. It's just too familiar. And look, in terms of acting, go off. Everyone is really, like, acting. This is absolutely, I agree with the reviews, this is the best Diana they have ever had. I just didn't need the relentless shots of her throwing up in a toilet. And, you know, and they do, like, a trigger warning before each episode, but it's just, like, uh, and I get that it's building to when she makes this decision to not do that anymore, and they want it. But it all feels really—it um, just felt like uh, white nonsense porn, really. In this way, this show, <laughs> like it's just—I, <sighs> it is this thing where you're like, hmm, I don't God, care about so any much of these stuff people. Falls
1: into that category. I've never heard that genre, but.
0: White um, nonsense porn.
1: Yeah, which is the witches of Eastwick, which is most most things really. <laughs> a,
0: a lot, absolutely. Which but, is I mean,
1: unfaithful. Which is basically everything we've talked about on the
0: podcast today. Sure, sure, but I think there's ways in which, like, if it, if there's like a oh. camp dynamic Wait, I'm or some a
1: call from Ch- Ch- Chateau Gay, New York, which must be where Cam Chittenden is from. <laughs>
0: chateau gay new york chateau well (laughs) wherever chateau gay new york is
1: oh my god that is literally what it was chateau gay
0: (laughs) chateau and welcome to chateau gay new york um because it's a chain (laughs) and why so there's also chateau gay ohio um anyhow so So I just, I couldn't bear it. It like literally made me sick. Like I was like, I can't watch this. I just can't do it. And um, I don't care. I don't care about any of these people's lives. They're hideous. They're awful. Um, And uh, selfish and greedy and fascist and grotesque. And the fact that it even still exists. Do you know what I mean? But then you look at this country and you're like, well, of course it does. Because look at the, like when you look at the global map of COVID, And you see the, you know, our like hot, (laughs) hot red purple for the whole country. It is embarrassing. Maroon. It It is shameful. Everyone in America should be ashamed. They're not. They are totally not. They're like, I'll see you soon, mom. Getting
1: on. I'm boarding right now. They're also like showing up to hospitals, like unable to breathe and being like, it's a hoax. What about what's I know? I told
0: you that story. That was crazy. Did I tell that on the podcast? I don't think so. That uh, a friend of mine's brother knows a nurse in Florida who is tending to a man who has COVID. And he was like, no, tell me what it really is. I don't believe this. Yeah, I told you that story. He was like, and I don't believe this. Oh, I didn't? Oh. No. And, and she was like, you have COVID. He was like, just tell me what it actually is. And she's like, sir, we're treating you for COVID. And he yelled at her and he was like, I don't believe this. I know it's all been made up by the fake news. Wow. And it's like, it's like, honey, your leader had it and now your leader's son has it. Do you think yeah. they're just making it up? What about Trump liquidating those planes?
1: I don't know what that is.
0: So there's like planes that we use. Do you ever watch? you don't watch Rachel Maddow or any of that?
1: I watch clips from various news it's outlets. Just, but it's just, it's like I we have like Rachel airplanes Maddow. that
0: we use to like surveil Russia and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's just like, uh, let's turn them all to scrap. Why? Because he's leaving. So he's going to just like, he's, it's like how and he's trying to just like leave the white house on fire.
1: I hope he does in a way. I hope he like burns that building down and they can do something else. Like Uh, I mean,
0: that would be iconic. Get rid of that eyesore.
1: God. Absolutely. Weird, like
0: house like
1: in the middle of nothing. That's just this white thing, like with this like
0: huge, like, you know, now even more crazier and crazier fences around it. It's just like no thanks. No, it's not right. Yeah. Uh uh. It's not right. What is um Oh, I did see a really incredible meme from St. Hoax, uh, on Instagram, a fun account, which is, um, they were doing, <laughs> it was a thing of like what Melania was saying to this, like it showed these men who derived on like horse and buggy with a big tree and oh, yeah. it shows Melania walking up to the tree and, and the, the text that they wrote for her on St. Hoax is hello, hello. Excuse me, what is this? <laughs> and, they're, and they're and she was like, "I'm leaving soon. Please send this dead plant to Jill." <laughs> and and they're like, "Ma'am, it's for it's for." And she goes, "Don't say it. Don't say it." And they go, "Christmas decorations." And she goes, "Fuck you. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck." And then she turns around to the camera and it goes, "Okay, Mimi, you can do this. Channel your inner firestorm." <laughs> And then she smiles and waves. It really made me laugh.
1: I did love her walking out of the White House in her sort of casual set, smiling and going to look at this tree with these like weird like character actors in capes (laughs) and a carriage. So, so
0: that incredible, incredible clip that her friend recorded with her—you know, her friend who was like, "You're hideous." I'm going to record our phone call. What Melania, did she Bingham, say? will you tell me? She about goes, it? "Yeah, did I?" Oh, She goes, "It's so good. If we can find it, maybe Jeremy can just insert it, or I'll just say oh, it." But she's, she's like, you know, and I try, I try, I try to do all this stuff, but I have to do fucking Christmas. You know, and I have to do fucking Christmas and no one cares. No one cares. And the, but all they wanna all they want to talk about is the kids in the cages. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> so evil. Incredible. So like, you know, when you're met with that and then you have to like watch like this like old, like crappy like British people being like, No, you curtsy to me first. Which is not true, by the way. Diana knew who to curtsy to, like, from day one. She was she was very like primed and ready as as her cousin points out we call her dutch i mean but look i love the woman who plays camilla obsessed with the one who plays princess diana she should win literally everything incredible performance i don't care about that show i don't care about it i don't need it like right. it's it literally is redundant wait i, haven't, white I have a board.
1: request for jeremy because if he puts the audio clip of melania cursing i also uh-huh. I, I want jeremy to put audio clip of um Alexander Malafiev playing the last minute of the Prokofiev piano <laughs> concerto number 3.
0: Excellent white nonsense porn. And um <laughs> 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 truly. And just put them back to back. You know yeah. what I mean? Like juxtaposition and uh and let's think about it. Um well, uh, I guess that's it. You know, happy, everyone. I hope You
1: all had a happy Thanksgiving yesterday. Yeah, I,
0: lounging around. I, may 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 this find you um, drinking dandelion and burdock tea. And uh, I hope
1: you didn't get your parents sick and murder them. So
0: uh, that. unless they voted for Trump, and then absolutely in that in case, that, good. In riddance. that case, take them away. Take them away, folks. And. Oh. Um, It's surreal. I talked to Uh,
1: Drew last night and her mom was there and her mom lives in Boise. And Well, where's Drew? Drew's in Seattle right now.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Right.
1: But her mom was visiting and they showed me this image of, uh, I guess the press caught an image of um, Drew's mom flipping off Trump supporters on the day that Joe Biden (laughs) got elected that Saturday morning, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because, um, she showed up near the like Capitol or something and mm-hmm. she thought people were like celebrating, but they were actually Trump people being like, no. Uh-huh. And then she was flipping them off and some, Heaven. some woman was like, well, that's not very ladylike. And, and Drew's mom was like, well, I'm not. <laughs> and, <laughs> And then, it's and fierce. then I guess the other lady said, well, the doctors did a great job. <gasps> I mean, work. I was like, what? I mean, Are these two women Idaho this most incredible fight? yeah, really good.
0: Slay <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> Kudos all around. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I thought Drew's mom was going to say, well, I, I don't know. I mean, do you, what kind of lady am I supposed to be when this, the guy who's going out likes to grab women by the pussy? Like, I. I,
1: Well, I never said I was a lady. Well, the doctors did an incredible job.
0: Really? I mean, gotta hand it to that conservative.
1: I I know. That's exactly what I said. I said, well, she's kind of major.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I mean, it is the thing of like queer conservatism. (laughs) Oh, so good. (laughs) Which to me, you know, is really where I stand by Kellyanne Conway. She really, (laughs) she really queered the arc for me. She really, it was like, that's the only, in the, in the TV show of, you know, like, I, you know, the UK has the crown and, and here we just have like something called like flaming turd. Um, it's, uh, my favorite character. And as I've said from day one of this is when Ryan Murphy puts it together, I absolutely have to play Kellyanne Conway. There are many ways to have the uh, makeup doctors do a great job and I am destined. I just get it. I get the role. I really get it. I can something I really sink my teeth into and I just can't wait to say alternative fla- facts and flip flex. my hair. Alternative <laughs> flex. I can no, and flip her, and then she, and then I'll flip the wig. It's so good, ah, oh, iconic. Wow, really amazing. I mean, really I'm amazing. excited
1: for your return to uh, Dixon Place and your show called Kellyanne Conway.
0: It's too late. It's too late. That's over. That was no. I think in a
1: couple of years, people will have an appetite for it. Um,
0: no, I think it needed to happen like during it. You know, it was like when I, I was... already
1: like can't wait for the first like big budget Donald Trump movie. You know, like I'm excited.
0: Mm. Ah, oh, you know, I I'll feel so devastated that I'm not Kellyanne Conway, and I also feel like they're not going to give that role enough. Like that role is so key. She was the well, campaign leader. Well, it just leader. depends
1: who they get to be in this movie. Because if they can get an A lister to be Kellyanne Conway, they're going to make something of it.
0: You know. Well, you know, it's like Nicole Kidman will be Melania. You know, it's like uh, um, I don't think so. Yeah. No, no, no. They're always, like, putting Nicole in, like, a. are the not face, always. I the face keep...
1: doesn't work. You need to have, like, a, a heavier eye. Like, a, a, it doesn't work with Nicole. Mm. What um, if
0: Nicole was like, I want to play Kellyanne Conway?
1: I would actually kind of be amazing. It, it does take
0: my breath away.
1: <laughs> They'd have to, like, do the Lord of the Rings thing where they make her look shorter all the time. It's fine. You know, everyone else would have to be on boxes.
0: They do that all the time with Nicole anyway.
1: <laughs> um, all the time. Who else? Could Naomi Watts play Kellyanne?
0: I thought that was the first person I thought of, just so you know. I did the first person I thought of was Naomi Watts. But then I I felt like my breath got taken away by thinking about Nicole doing it. Um, and I love I hope, Naomi.
1: I hope there's a part for Chloe Sevigny. I just don't know who it is.
0: Oh, wow. What if Chloe Sevigny was Kellyanne Car- Conway?
1: No, it doesn't. Her voice isn't right, you know.
0: No, I mean, what if?
1: Oh, this is so fun. What
0: if Cal? <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm only thinking about the women. What if Chloe Sevigny, plays Ivanka? <gasps>
1: yeah, I could see that. I could see that.
0: Ah, uh, what? <laughs> oh my god. Ah, uh, queer fascism.
1: <laughs> maybe Margot Robbie could maybe do Kellyanne
0: Conway. Oh, Margot Robbie's Ivanka. Come on. Do you oh, know what I mean? Y- yes. Yes. Yeah. Margot Robbie's bones. Ivanka. Yes, absolutely. She's absolutely Ivanka. And like the part of her sitting in front, yeah. like just playing ice cold the whole time. Michelle Pfeiffer you know? can
1: do a cameo as Ivana Trump.
0: Oh, my God. What if <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer plays Betsy DeVos? Just like a real quick <laughs> moment of being like, <laughs> Meryl Streep as Betsy DeVos. Oh, can you imagine? Well, I just don't understand why we're funding education for all of these people. Oh my Meryl God! Meryl Streep
1: is Elizabeth Warren.
0: Oh my God! Cole Scola as Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Did you see Cole's impersonations of Elizabeth Warren? No. They were incredible. It, I cried. They were really, really incredible. It I was, listened
1: to Marianne Williamson on a podcast. Um, remember her?
0: Honey, honey, <laughs> I <laughs> knew about Marianne Williamson before she ran for president because I, you know, work in the spirit realm.
1: I was and, into it listening to her on Bitch Sesh talk about her run for president and just like people in general. I was like, that would have been kind of amazing if you had become the president?
0: Um, yeah. Like, like every home would get like, you know, rose quartz in it and it's like a real, it's uh, she's incredible. I mean, her thing of like, we have to complete, you saw the thing Peter posted, you know, when she did that interview and she was like, well, we have to completely change, we have to completely get rid of and recreate society and nothing short of it. (laughs) You
1: yeah, know, I like,
0: mean, it, she's not wrong. I, she might say humanity. It's like we have to completely recreate humanity and nothing short of it. It's a oh. real and, and no, and she's not wrong. It's just you know, as if as if we needed to be told progress is slow any any more than this sort of it, And it just it, it completely the thing with the pandemic completely. Still, like, it shocks me on a daily basis that people, um, that a majority of people weren't more upset at these senators knowing, at their president knowing, and doing nothing but taking care of their stocks in advance. There's
1: nothing, nothing, nothing that can upset people about Donald Trump and his cohort.
0: It's... Um, It's it is it's really wild, and that was that, and that was the thing with Betsy DeVos when that went through. I was like, well, if that's going to happen, they truly don't care about anything.
1: Oh yeah, let's not forget about Amy Clowney butthole.
0: Oh,
1: oh, Brett Kavanaugh,
0: Um, honey, that the darkest. I know Brett
1: Kavanaugh is the darkest day.
0: Ish, that was a really.
1: Who will play Brett Kavanaugh? Bradley Cooper fierce
0: you nailed um, but, it right away. You did it right knew, away, I absolutely, knew. completely I was like, they'll appropriate. they'll put him in like a
1: really pathetic nose and wig, and he'll just like <sighs> scream and cry in some big fake courtroom.
0: Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, honey, go off. But I, what if they were like and Brad Pitt as Donald Trump? It doesn't work. I know, but I was just thinking, like, let's get crazy with it.
1: I mean, maybe, Angelina like,
0: Jolie can be Melania. oh uh, I did it. You I did
1: that. I you mean, Alec Baldwin
0: it. is it like I mean, Alex impersonation is iconic. Like just no one else should do it.
1: I know, but they can't they never do that. Like even though like Amy, what's her name, Tina Fey did such a great um Sarah Palin, it wasn't like she could be in the movie, you know.
0: Oh, that's true. It was Julianne Moore. They Julian had to Moore. get
1: Julianne Moore, you know.
0: Right. You know, someone asked if they could interview me recently about comedy and I was like, there's, I don't, this, I, we can't really do an interview because all I have to say is that it's, it's the hardest thing to do. So, hard. um, that's it. It's, uh, you know, give it respect because it is the hardest thing to do. It requires having a real big context yeah. of like what people are like, which includes you. Yeah. So without that, generally things are um, not funny, unless they're, you know, funny in a camp way, which is just like, oh, this person's so ridiculous. They're hilarious.
1: Julianne Moore was so good in that movie.
0: I, well, and you know what? She's really funny. She is funny. She's, She's actually funny. an incredible comedic actress.
1: Everybody watch Julianne Moore, Billy on the Street. It's really <laughs> exceptional. It is
0: really. I, <laughs> I think it's my favorite one
1: it's genius. Do you want and to see me
0: cry? Do you want to see me cry on cue? Incredible. <laughs> She's so good. Cause she knows that like she gets it. She gets the context.
1: Reading these crazy passages from these movies. It's um on the street. It's so good.
0: It's Everybody really good. It. It's, on it's really good. My favorite one for sure. Um, well, yeah. So may you have enjoyed your, whatever Thanksgiving that was for you. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this us, very long episode. Where hopefully you got to, where you got to sit down and um, yeah. But no, we're talking to our listeners right now. Reed, you I always know, do this, I know, like You I can't. Know. But
1: sometimes I just want to talk to you and
0: well, I want yeah, you know we have those times. We have those times. We got to Facetime last night, which is why I was like, stop talking to me about these questions. You want to <laughs> talk to me stop, about?
1: Stop talking to me.
0: I was like, we're gonna have. We have to like you know have. You wanted to talk to me about some movie. It was probably I'm *Witches so, of Eastwick*.
1: I'm so grateful I remembered *Witches of Eastwick*.
0: Today. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I'm really glad we were able to talk about it. It's it was uh, it was really important today. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's
1: really really important.
0: Uh, I was thinking about um, my favorite jingles last night, and um, there's one for psoriasis that I can't remember what it is. I don't remember the name of the medication, but the jingle is "Nothing is everything," <laughs> and um, I uh, oh. I laugh every time it comes on because <laughs> oh.
1: nothing <laughs>
0: because is everything. Everything is really it's so <laughs> it's really it's really like the you know if if I if you if I if people as I've, I've like talked about Camus here and there in terms of like when. Donald Trump was elected and I was like well here we go into absurdity and if you were like well God. what are you talking about I'm like it, it really I'll just tell you this jingle nothing is everything um, um, that everybody... one and there's another one that I love which is a medication for I think it's for um, bipolar disorder and it's called Latuda <laughs> and I, Latuda Latuda Latina and I couldn't believe it because it just made me think of someone being like you know what you need a Latuda adjustment <laughs>
1: Latuta.
0: Latuta. You know what? You've got a bad Latuta.
1: Um, speaking just... of nothing is everything. Uh huh. Watch again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk about Prokofiev Piano Concerto Number Three one more time.
0: Girl, Marta I'm not Argerich. watching it.
1: Watch Marta Argerich in mm. her older age. There's mm. two versions. Play mm. the mm. end of the thing. Mm. She finishes what is the most astounding ending to a piano concerto, <clears throat> without skipping even half a second. Stands right up, shakes the conductor's hands as if nothing has happened. It's astonishing I
0: don't I'm not gonna watch it I love that you told me it because I just love picturing it it was like you were telling me something last night and I realized that I didn't want to oh you're telling me a podcast and you telling me it was more pleasurable than when I actually listened to it I laughed
1: listening to it was so funny
0: it was no but I didn't like cry laughing how you told it to me like how you told it to me was actually funnier
1: yeah, it everybody was. listened to Joe Firestone's podcast, Everyday Decisions. The Michelle Collins and the Josh it Sharp re- episodes it, are delightful. It
0: really, it really got you. It really yeah. got you, Josh Sharp.
1: Yeah, he has an episode. Who is that? Josh. Josh and Blake. Josh is a you know comedian, tall, southern.
0: Mm. Yes, yes, I knew him. I knew him. I knew him. I just <sighs> I meet so many people. <laughs> um. I I knew I'd get there. Um, all right. Well, uh uh that's it. That is the perhaps the think, longest ever. I think, yeah, I really went on this journey with you today. I really let it happen because I don't have to teach. I I am on like I, I get to have it's my Thanksgiving, little Thanksgiving break. You know? And um Jeremy, uh, we're
1: sorry. I'm apologizing in advance for your what you're about to have to do. <laughs> So sorry. I mean, it. I
0: know everyone's. It's Jeremy's Venmo is is up. It's I think it's at Jeremy Jacob. It's um, <laughs> surreal, I know. Oh, yeah. I should I should look to see what 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 Jeremy's it's where, okay. where do I put Venmo? Yeah, just whatever what, well, just, the, Or just whatever donate to us. To or podcast? put in the tip jar. Um. All right, Reed. Well, um, I loves you.
1: I loves you. I'm thankful for you. Happy I'm thanks. thankful
0: so for you and um, everyone out listeners. there. We are thankful for you. We loves you. And um, if you're like, I think I mentioned this last week. If you're like, well, oh, Thanksgiving, go to our YouTube channel and watch our Thanksgiving episode from last year with Cola School and Aaron Markey. Real Hurrah. cute. Real cute. Um, and on uh, that note, I'll just talk with you later, Reed.
1: Latita Tuta.
0: Bye. may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms such as fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or coughs, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Ask your dermatologist about SkyRizzy.
1: Hi Dance and Stuff listeners, this is Margaret Fuhrer. I'm the editor and producer of The Dance Edit Podcast. Like you, we love Reed and Jack over at The Dance Edit, and if you get especially excited when they turn into journalists and do reporting, we think you might like our podcast too. The Dance Edit podcast is a weekly dance news show. It's hosted by me and three other editors from Dance Media. We work on Dance Magazine and Dance Spirit and Point. And every Thursday, we discuss and sometimes yell a little bit about the week's top dance news stories. And then we interview one of the dance artists who's shaping the news. And our recent interview guests have actually included a few dance and stuff friends we've had kyle abraham we've had lloyd knight basically we've built a nice little nerdy community and we hope you'll join it you can find us wherever you get your podcasts and at thedanceedit.com slash podcast